sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here. It's another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. You knew it because you downloaded it. You clicked play, I think. If you didn't click play, give us a shout. Let us know if somehow it auto-played because we want to get... We want to figure out how to do that so that we can, you know, maybe do that you whatever you two did a few years ago, whatever that was. Um, a didn't they few do something years ago. Where they were, that was almost yeah. a decade ago. I can remember that went on to 20 gig iPods, not iPads, not iPhones, not iPad touches. That went on to an iPod with the um, the fancy <laughs> yeah. the fancy haptic wheel thing that they had. Well, how would uh, see? I'm I, I don't know if I believe that, but you know, again, correct us if we're wrong. Let us know. Uh, Beer engine show at gmail.com, and you can tell us if I'm wrong about the U2 thing. But I I how did how would they get it onto the click wheel thing? The click wheel thing didn't have like wi-fi was it into did they oh they just dumped it into your itunes right was that what yeah. it was yep it was dumped into okay. your itunes and it automatically went on it or it might have even come from the factory with that embedded in and you had to manually go and de- delete it off that was the whole outrage around it is you didn't I have remember, a choice i remember people getting mad because they had to go in and delete the u2 album which to me here's the here's my argument with that i don't delete anything stuff shit just stays around in my life forever Except for like real, like physical trash, I throw everything in the garbage. But on my computer, I don't care. You know, it just it just lives out there. My, uh, you know, whatever. I have seventeen thousand emails just sitting in G. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. I'll never look at them. They're they're from Quora or something, and they say like, why is it so hard to move to Mexico? Or or why won't me- what well, my favorite one I got recently was Quora Digest. Why don't Mexicans move to Spain? And I'm like. <laughs> Well, I guess I could think of one reason, which is maybe proximity, but um, <laughs> that, that is very bizarre. Stupid. Yeah, very <laughs> weird. So, uh, yeah, you two and and us, we we want to be embedded into your, you know, sort of um, where wherever you're listening to stuff. And I would love it if we could just like autoplay. So you you wake up, you, um, I'm you know, just your getting... alarm goes off instead of the alarm. It's it's you know, you know, that's what you hear. That'll wake you up. Now, I just got a call, which I ignored on my Apple Watch. I don't have my phone with me, but I've got my Apple Watch. And I didn't answer it because it came up with the country of where it was from. And it wasn't from Australia. So it was obviously Mm. a spam call. Did you want to take a guess at the country? I will say it's not in Oceania. and It's not Mm -hmm. in any of the Americas. Hmm. Did they hear it? Was is it Spain? Did they hear us from Spain? You've got the right letter for the start of the country. Okay, um, that doesn't help because I need to get the right continent. That would really help. But I, if I had to guess, it may be in Asia somewhere, like Singapore or something. Or uh... you are incorrect. It is actually from Sudan. So I've got s- oh. scammers calling me from Sudan. From Sudan. Oh my god. <laughs> See, the only place I ever get, like, foreign spam calls from here, all the spammers live here, so we don't need to go. We don't need to outsource our spam. Uh, all of our spam calls are coming from, uh, if we get an international one, I mean, it's like Ontario. And, um, uh, but they all come from 
either like Florida or New York State. Pretty much okay. just getting plastered those things. Yep. So ours, so ours normally root an Australian number, whether it be any of the states or territories, often from Perth, often get Perth area codes. But they all, and I'm sure this is what, what you're alluding to, while they come from an American number, <laughs> they actually involve overseas call centres. Is that the same with you guys or is it actually people yeah. in oh, Canada? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll come in from, I, I would guess they're, I mean, not to turn this into a, a thing, but I would, I would not be surprised if we've gotten phone calls from like the, the same type of Bangladeshi building that collapsed, you know, yeah. however many years ago or something, you know, and, but it says it's from Oklahoma. Like, no, <laughs> probably, yeah. probably not. You know? uh, uh, no, I, I think it's all fucked up and we're getting calls from people making you know, three cents an hour in Manila or something yep. like that. Absolutely. And the, the thing that really annoys me is when you get them back to back, you abuse them, then you hang up and then they ring you straight back. That that shits me. That that really annoys me. And I love the fake Australian accent because if you um, listen to first generation Australians from India and Bangladesh, they don't have that accent. And certainly immigrants coming to Australia don't have the accents that mm-hmm. call centre workers right. have. So it's sort of an accent that only people in those call centres have that they think is an Australian accent. And they always pick such generic names. I love it when I pick up a phone and I get Rajesh. I know I'm probably in an Australian call centre with an Indian worker or somebody of Indian heritage or yep. I'm with a company who's legitimately outsourced. When I get a uh, Peter and he sounds like he's from Bangladesh working for three cents an hour, I know that that uh, is either a scam or a really shitty company. Very, very depressing to think about, really. That's why I just I, I had to stop looking at the tags in my clothes. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to wear this anymore. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, Kelly's been pushing for, like, we need to be buying more, like, sustainable, more... Um, uh, I guess, like, uh, I guess, respectful clothing, right? Stuff that doesn't damage other people's lives. Almost impossible. Yeah. It's, it's almost impossible to do. And it's one of those things where I'm just like, I, I, I feel like I have to absorb the guilt for, um, I'm trying to absorb the guilt by paying an extra $25 for a shirt made by like Gene from down the street. But then I also know, but then the problem is you dig one level further and it's like, well, the yarn was made in Vietnam yeah. or something. Like, fuck. I can't. <laughs> yeah. So can't you've helped. You can't fix it. You've helped out one person making the garment or one manager because you, you're probably mm-hmm. not even really helping out that person because they're probably being paid po- poorly within your own country. It's really right, hard yeah. to ethically source products. I would say the more important thing to do is ethically wear products so wear clothing until it really wears out right, yeah so so exactly. shift things that that you used to wear out move that to just round the house stuff and really wear True. that sucker out i think is an easy way to um, be ethically conscious about clothing and um and not have to, to dig too too deep because they're going to keep churning out this this cheap fabric and and one consumer changing that is not going to happen perhaps we need legislative change or perhaps we as a market need to change but but one person making that change isn't going to matter but what you can do is is make use of the clothing that's out there and and make sure you minimize your impact on that market by purchasing as little as you can 
an easier way to be green is just to drive your car for 20 years instead of buying new new hybrids every three years. <laughs> that's one, one, one problem. Um, well, all right, let's get that's what you got. Well, I was just going to say that's a big difference between America and Australia. We change our cars all the time, don't get me wrong. But certainly in parts of America, it'd be much harder to hold onto a car for 20 years, wouldn't it? To hold onto a car for 20 years right. in Chicago, it'd be a piece of trash, right. wouldn't it, with the environment that yeah. you get there? Yeah, that's my car. That's the car I have. The car we have sitting in the garage in Chicago right now is a 2001 Pontiac Grand Prix. Um, I mean, we were driving it a mile a week or something by the time we left, so who gives a shit? And I'm going to come home and I'm going to buy I, – I, we sold my car. We got rid of it. And I'm going to come home and buy my uh, buy an electric, a used electric. And that's my, that's my future. Uh, I'm actually excited for that, but – yeah, because well, I'm not excited to pay for it, but I'm excited to have the electrics. Because there's another thing: while electrics during use are better for the environment, are they better overall with the um, the actual manufacturing challenges and the the battery waste that we're going to have? Like, no, they're, <laughs> they're better. They're better for using like fossil fuels or whatever. I mean, yep. generally, uh, but they're not better for. I mean, whatever. The same pieces of shit fucking companies are making it who's the shit all right so that's our 10 minutes on green energy uh the two experts are here tony i wanted to i wanted to of course timestamp our show and i wanted to since you're so good at explaining things like you just were and i'm so stupid i thought to really to really put our show crystallize our show in amber like a like a mosquito in, in jurassic park i thought maybe you could uh, explain to me in detail uh, what happened with the GameStop thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly simple. The uh, There was a couple of people that decided to crack the shit on, crack the shits on a short seller and they decided to punish the whole short selling market. Short selling is essentially betting against a stock before the market actually moves. So what they did, it has nothing at all to do with GameStop itself other than there was quite a few short sellers in there trying to profit from what they thought was going to happen to GameStop. So rather than Mm -hmm. actually allow that stock to drop a bunch of other traders, whether they be day traders or, or just general stock market traders, decided to make sure, without manipulating the market in any way, just taking it upon themselves to buy a shit ton of of GameStop, GameStop stock. So it GameStop. really, yeah, um, it really, really hurt these short traders because they they don't have the the capital, and a lot of them had mm-hmm. bought into this this idea that they were going to make a profit off this short sale of GameStop, and yeah, it uh, really backfired. It was a really shitty move to pull. But it was on some really yep. shitty people, so I, I consider that a win because let's Absolutely. be honest, all of Wall Street is a shit heap, but the short traders mm-hmm. are the shittiest of the shit heap. And it and it proves that you can just arbitrarily move the market in a direction what? with no real business reason to do it, right? So GameStop has no business function that will be successful ever again, presumably, right? I mean, it would be very unlikely, and. Uh, uh, there's, so there's no, there's no, uh, I guess business behavior that should make it more valuable, right? So you can go in there and arbitrarily drive up 
the stock price by a lot of people buying a lot of stock um, for no other reason than I want to. And that's why I would say, if you want to play stocks, I would just say get into sports gambling because at least with sports gambling, uh, I can't run onto the field and change the outcome of the game. Yep. Uh, the, the, yes, yes, sports gambling is – any gambling is arbitrary to a degree, right? So an arbitrary <laughs> outcome, yep. you bet on it, right? It, the cards will add up to 21. Here's a dollar, you know? Um, but at least I can't go in there and be like, uh, no, let me turn over and turn over this card and get rid of that card. And now it's 21, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the other option is I don't, I don't get whispered to, I'm not the rich guy who the dealer whispers to and says <laughs> in five hands, it will be 21 because that's how rich people win at this is they know what happens a week before your dumbass does. Yep. Um, and that is not the case with sports, at least with sports. We all find out who won. Well, most of us are going to find <laughs> in general, other than Tim Donne, we're all going to find out who won at the same time. You know, it's, it's crazy to me that somehow, I mean, listen, I get it. I, I have just like anyone else, I have a dumbass 401k and all that shit in the market somewhere, you know, but the idea that I'm responsible by playing the stock market and I'm a dipshit for betting on sports, fuck off, you know, (laughs) for somebody who's in the middle class, it's the same goddamn outcome. You don't know, you know, you're totally guessing. Yeah. And I, I think it just shows how arbitrary and disconnected the the stock market is from the real world, from even mm-hmm. real world monetary systems. Because m- money is exchanged for value; it's it's a representative thing of value. And what does the share market actually represent? It just represents a bunch of people gambling on money. At least yep. you, you're gambling on a game when it involves sports, or you. You're betting on the yeah. the, the coin right. flip of um, two separate coins if you're playing. Um, oh, what's this? Uh, we have a um, yeah. localized Fucking game. War or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have a game here in Australia. Two up, it's called. That. Um, oh God. Our um, um, Anzacs used to play in the First World War, and it's now a tradition to play it on on Anzac Day when you can say safely eat get the, together. Eat the biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the biscuits are great. Cookies for you Americans. They're a, an oat-based cookie with golden syrup. Yeah, it sounds, sounds very very good to me. I might make some. And you can put coconut um, in them if you want. I think they've actually got coconut yeah. in the original recipe. But, yeah, at least you're betting on the outcome of something other than money. With the stock market, it's just betting on the outcome of other yeah. monies. You're essentially, I would say if you're in the middle class, you're betting on what rich people will do, essentially. If you're the rich people, you know what they're going to do, and that's how you keep getting rich. If you're me, you're hoping that the you can get enough tips or have enough of an inkling that you can guess what the rich guys will do. You know, which is uh, no we'll different. Find out it's, soon, you know, it's no different to sports betting, though. That's sports. You're time. betting on what the rich people are going to do. Exactly. You it's know, all the same. You're betting if you're betting on if you're betting sports futures, you are betting what some hedge fund guy will do at the trade deadline. That's yep. pretty much what you're doing. <laughs> it is. It's wild to think about, but it's all the yep. same. Yeah. Um, Tony, I wanted to – maybe we should talk a little bit about beer on this fucking show before I go <laughs> totally nuts. Um, we already got told – I, I did want to mention our friend, Mr. Wise, who who uh, I, I pulled up his thing, and I, I wanted to read it because I thought it was very funny. Uh, he told us that uh, uh, we were tackling some, some pretty heady subjects – 
<laughs> including the armed in- insurrection. <laughs> and uh, I, I sort of like to think that we get tackled by the subjects. I don't. I don't feel yeah. like we've uh, we've done a great. We've pretty. We've done pretty much done a. Uh, well, I, I will say I thought that I thought you did a good job explaining the thing with the thing. Um, <laughs> But uh, otherwise, we've, we've kind of struggled with this. Look, I, I tell um, you how deep we, we dive into subjects. We're like an inst- instant scratch ticket. We call them scratchies in Australia that you get. You guys get at a convenience store. We get them at a dedicated lotto shop. We're just sort of that top layer. We don't, we're barely more than surface deep. And often it's a now, gamble whether we're going to get it right. Most of the time we're going to get it wrong. Yeah, Mr. Wise did point out that uh, he thought you were nuts for your pistachio and pine nut uh, nut opinions. Um, I actually, of course, as we know, I don't remember anything I say on the show, so I can't actually recall what my favorites were. I was, I wanted to respond and say my two favorite nuts are cocoa and pea, but uh, I don't know. If that, I thought that was maybe a little bit too vulgar. Um, uh, but Tony, do you have any response to our to our buddy out there? Look, I stand by my opinions. I, I think um, the long list of, of delicious dishes that are made by these nuts um, actually show that my opinion is right. And if he's got All a right. problem with that, well, stiff shit. Um, there it is. <laughs> I will say, however, we cannot count peanuts as your favourite nut. As we all know, peanuts are not a nut. They do not grow on trees, therefore they are not a nut. And there, oh, good point. All right, it's a legume, I guess. Right? It is. It well, sure is. Either, and a and a co- coconut is a droop. Oh, there you go. Um, other, just wanted to point out. So, by the way, check us out on Instagram, Beerington Pod on Instagram. And I did want to just give a shout to some of our folks on Discord. I'm not going to read it all out here, but um, you know, Mister Wise is out there. I know he posted up some barrel aged quad. Our friend Jay Rome had a nice picture of. Drinking down some pale ale out in Maine. Our friend W. Tudes, we love him. Our friend Tyler, he was drinking apple brandy Ryeway, posting that up. Jealous. He did pick it up for me, but I'm not going to see it for a few months. Um, so I just wanted to shout out our pals there. And, of course, Corey. Corey's always there with the good fan arts. We've gotten lots of funny fan art from Corey, Sonny D, some, um, uh, some Simpsons pictures, uh, always good stuff from from Corey. Also, he was pointing out that we can now get alcohol delivered here from our favorite restaurants out in Las Vegas. So, uh, really, you haven't been able to get that in Las Vegas. That's that's really we get odd. It shipped. We can't get it like a restaurant can't deliver like a prepackaged cocktail or something, which is uh, wild to me because this just this weekend I was walking around town with a Negroni in a Coke cup. So, I mean, <laughs> but that's what I totally mean. Totally legal. Well, I mean, whatever. You can do whatever you want, but. We've yeah, it doesn't had, make any sense if you couldn't do that. <laughs> because we've been able to do that at least since the start of the pandemic. We've had restaurants that have been able to do that. And we're very British with our alcohol laws. You'll never find alcohol in a gas station in Australia. Uh, even our supermarket bottle shops, our version of the Jewel, our bottle shops, are they're, they're sort of cornered off. They can sometimes have a link to the main supermarket, but they can always be cordoned off some way or another. Even in somewhere like um, Audi, um, Aldi, sorry, <laughs> always get that wrong. Um, Aldi, comes out yeah. of my, my my mouth wrong. That that can be sectioned off, um, and sure. it, it's not yeah. on the supermarket shelves with our milk. 
Um, so I found it really strange to go to America and walk into a gas station and find beer there. It's just not a thing we have. Yeah, Nevada's weird, man. I, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, so, Tony, I wanted to introduce a slightly new segment that I'm going to start doing. Um, I don't, we don't have a, a, a drop for this yet because I just came up with it, but I'm going to call this segment Griff's Lager of the Week, in which I just tell you what lager I was drinking this week because there's always a new one. And this week, the Lager of the Week, Tony, is from a brewery called Freem, P-F-R-I-E-M, <laughs> and it is the Freem Family Pilsner. And it is fucking delicious. I give that my highest Pilsner recommendation. Freem Pills. Drank two of them at Corey's on on Saturday. I've had three of them at home over the course of the last week or so. Uh, I love the damn stuff. It's a delicious, super clean, bright, bready Pilsner. So, big fan of that. Now, where's that brewery if people are interested? Maybe we've got somebody in their home state or at least has... Um, uh, the ability to get distribution have, on it. We might have somebody in the homes in the home state. Uh, it's in Hood River, Oregon. Uh, so if um, you know, I know we got some folks in the Pacific Northwest, but that's sort of in like mid central Oregon, I'd say ish. Um, well, it's probably still Western Oregon, but it's you know, it's 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 uh, it's east of um, fucking Portland or whatever. Um, <laughs> So this definitely, this, this Freem's family is, or whatever it is, they're definitely a cult of some sort. When they say family, they don't actually mean genuine family. They're actually like family in the way Jonestown was, was a family. That's what I'm guessing. I don't know anything about this, this yeah. particular brewery, but I, I'm sensing cult. I'm thinking their head brewer doesn't actually have a beard, but is balding, sure. but has a ponytail. That's just what I envision. In Oregon, they, there is definitely a, a compound-type atmosphere in the state yep. of Oregon. So I would say it's not, it's not unlikely that that's the case. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the whitest state in America. It's, um, I, I think Are it we sure that's that, not Idaho? No. I would think, oh. Because Oregon was the only state that was founded on a principle allowing no coloured people in it. Um, no. If 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 you want a complete history of that, look at some of the recent um, behind the bastards episodes. They go into the okay. um, Portland uprising, and yeah, Oregon is the only one of the fifty states where that was actually a thing. None of the deep deep south states, the union states, actually had that rule in place. But Oregon was founded on that particular rule, hence the the issues they have with their police department. One of the most well, racist they, states they in America. They got a lot of issues. Tony, what, what have you been drinking this week? Anything? I know you're not drinking right now, but what have you been drinking over the last few days here? I've been drinking a lot of Hope Brewery, um, which are, I think, out of the Hunter Valley. And I've had quite a few of their beers. And I will say it's all delicious. An oddity within their range, because they're doing, they're just calling them um, double, double dry hopped or triple hopped. Just really mm. basic names. There was a, I had a strong IPA. The strong IPA turned out to be a ten point two beer. It had. Mm. Di- it didn't say hazy. Didn't say New England, which it wasn't. It was sort of a more multi imperial, but not even West Coast. It was. It was a strong, like IPA. It was. It was really yeah. nice for something different. But their their double dry hopped was stronger than their triple hop beer. 
in in alcohol content, which was which was kind of strange because I always expect a more um, advertised hopping rate often yeah. couples with a, a higher alcohol range. It's it's hard to tell with the way they describe the with the way they calculate the numbers, right? I mean, uh, I've seen triple IPAs, quote unquote, that are yeah, not. I mean. I, I believe Hop Slam even calls itself like a double IPA or, or something like that. And um, but triple, I, I guess triple. Most of the time with triple lately, it hasn't referred to anything with the. We've talked about this before. With double IPAs, you expect like a double malt bill. You know what I mean? Not yep. just double hopped. Um, I think with triples, they are not just they are not tripling the the malt intake all the time. I think they just are kind of arguing that like, well, I loaded this shit up with three times as many hops, whether you can taste it or not is another thing, but um, it's not going to necessarily go up in, in alcohol content. Yeah. The, okay. So I'll take you through um, everything in their sort of stronger range. Their triple dry hopped IPA, 7%. Uh, I gave that 3.75. Okay. It, was, it was fine. The double dry hop was really impressive. Um, which they're just calling an imperial, um, and it came in at 10.2. And the strong IPA, which they're calling an English IPA, which is bang on the money. It was it mm. was more malty. It was yeah, sort yeah. of that, that neo-style English IPA, yeah, yeah. something that we've talked about. That came in at also 10.2% um, with a misleading IBU Yeesh. of 90. It, like it wasn't crazy bitter. Um, right. And I also have one of their single hop beers with a hop I've never had. I'm not sure whether you've had this hop. It's Tellus. Have you had a Tellus mm. beer? Boy, Tellus makes me think of like T-E-L-U-S. Oh, T-A-L-U-S. Yeah, I've heard of it. Um, I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you if I've had any. I haven't had any single hop Tellus beers. I'll, I'll say that. Um, it is a daughter of Sabro. So if you like Sabro. Oh, yeah. I do like Sabro. Um, it was crazy with its flavours. I really, really liked it. And, um, yeah, it got a 4.5. So that's basically everything I – oh, and that was the weird thing with it. No coconut in the beer, but I de- – did because I'm looking through other people's reviews on this, I definitely also got not a hint of coconut. I got a lot of coconut in it, and it's just a single hot yeah. beer, no adjunct. If it's related to Sabro, you'll get coconut tropical fruit through the through the roof, man. Yeah, but but more coconut than than the grapefruity thing that yeah, I get with yeah. with the Sabro. Really think that hop has a place in blends going forward. Uh, worked as a single Dying hop beer, but I'm maybe <laughs> yeah, but I'm not a huge fan of single hop beers. What about yourself? What have you been drinking? Perhaps give us your your top five highlights. Seeing I basically gave a top five highlights of what um, I've been drinking. I'm not going. That, I'm not going to go that hard, but I do want to say I've continued to drink some classics because they just are. They're very available here. Um, went over to Corey's and they had three, four cases of Parabola that they just got in this year's Parabola. So um, you know, I was like, "Well, I'll grab one, and I'm not going to age it right now, and let's just drink it." So I grabbed one, drank it, couldn't beat it. I mean, it's it's on point again. Another great batch of Parabola. Um, drank a drank their. They got another batch of their 24th anniversary. Beer, that was another winner. I, I wish I had the, the scroll. One one time I'll read the scroll here. 
um, that they pack with the beer that tells you like the percentages of every blended thing they stuck in it, which is always funny. I wasn't sure whether um, they were but, still doing that because. Um, oh yeah. And it's, it's funny because it's in a 12 ounce. So it's just, it's, it's skinnier. It's just as long, but it's shrunk like <laughs> sideways. It's pretty funny. So it's basically um, like but, what you get in a fortune cookie that, or a uh, shot, a receipt that you would get from the supermarket with fancy writing on it or something. Or, or a fortune cock. I, you don't want to <laughs> <laughs> check out the fortune cock. <laughs> I'm not, we're on video right now. Don't show me a fortune cock. That would be unfortunate. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to get the fortune you want out of that. But. <laughs> no, I don't think I'll be able uh, to sue you for that. Not like Kellyanne Conway's daughter. No. No. Oh, boy. No. Oh, We're not doing that. Um, but otherwise, I. I don't know. I didn't. You know, I really didn't have a ton of um, of sort of kind of out of the ordinary beers. I'm actually waiting on my burial shipment now, which has their barrel-aged barley wine in it. So I'm excited to talk about that next week. I bet that's going to be really good. Now, um, didn't didn't open any new Horace this week. I might do it right after we get off of this, though. I might pop a Horace open because I'm kind of itching for a little little sweet stout. Had a nice Tavor stout that I got. Um, so I'll throw that out there. It's called Wolves in the Piano from a favorite brewery of mine called Birds Fly South in Greenville, back from the the halcyon days of getting to travel to, to Greenville, South Carolina. That's a great brewery. That was a nice stout, just straight up barrel age. I don't believe in that. Maybe maple syrup or something, but it wasn't very maple. It was just sort of a pretty, pretty clean imperial stout. But so uh, that was mostly, um, mostly a pretty, pretty, pretty standard week for me. Are we going to see more barley wines back in the rotation? I know, I know pastry bot takes up a lot of that territory that barley wine used to used to cohabit with with big stouts i love a good yeah. barley wine but are we going to see that come back in sort of a newer version i don't know what that would be but no i i don't i mean i got plenty of barley wine at home so uh my so, i got ryeways at home i got straight jackets at home uh tyler picked me up the apple brandy ryeway but that's what I mean, like the, the apple brandy one is a good example. Are we going to see more of that stuff where it's not just straight up barley wine, it's sort of taking that sort of cue from, from pastry bot but in a, in a barley wine? Oh, that's already wine. happening. Okay. There is pastry. Pastry wine is prevalent, I would say. We have, we have plenty of it. Um, Bottle Logic's been doing it. I, would, I, I don't have a great example. Maybe that's a job for pastry bot to uh, spit out some of his favourites. Um, for next week, but um, there are there he is. Yep, he's coming back next week, gang. We got we got pastry bot and pastry bot's uh, keeper will be joining us uh, next week to talk um, some pastry wine. But yeah, there is pastry there's pastry wine loaded up with graham crackers and all the stuff that like the stuff that goes in a blondie. That's the stuff people have been putting into barley wine, and I'm fucking on board with that. It just it amps up the sweetness and the caramel. I mean, it's sweet as all shit. It's a pastry stout, so whatever. But um, there is some fire pastry wine out there that uh, is stupid. It's 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 maybe unnecessary, but you, there's some there's some nice ones out there. Some of them have coffee in them too. Oh yeah, that sounds um, delicious. I want myself yeah, this, a pound cake pastry. Yeah, yeah, pastry the, wine. The burial. The burial one, though, is non-adjunct, so it's an it's just going to be a long boil, non-adjunct bourbon barrel aged 
barley wine. So I'm excited to see what they what they spit out. I bet it's going to be good. Yeah, because that'll give you like that vanilla note, which yeah, dude. goes really well with barley wine. Oh, I want to. I, 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 so. I want that style in Australia. Now, there's a beer you could actually ship me that would be, ship all right. <laughs> Bil baby, barley wine is life. That's it. <laughs> I can get you a sticker that says that. I could definitely get you that. Um, <laughs> all right. So one one other thing I wanted to talk about before we get into uh, a, a classic segment of ours was, uh, you know, Tony, you talked about Nevada. We've got, um, I was, I was, well, I was talking about it. We got the weird laws here where you can walk around and drink outside, um, whatever you want, you know, get, step outside your house, walk down the street, walk down the fucking, you know, Charleston Avenue, or Charleston Boulevard with your uh, fucking, you know, Ham's special light tall boy. Nobody cares. Um, but you couldn't get it delivered. In Illinois, you could never do that in a million years. In Illinois, I said uh, you can bet on sports, though. And I set up my sports betting account in Illinois in mere seconds. Uh, you, you sign up, you put in your bank account, you take a picture of your driver's license, they scan the back, they find everything out about you, they yep. geolocate you anytime you open the app so they know that you're in the state that allows it, and you're good to go. Exactly how it works uh-huh. in Australia. Simples. Alas, in Nevada, such such a thing is not real, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the saga that I went through to do this. Um, I'm not a like a crazy sports better. I'm not betting large amounts or anything, but I do like doing it. I like sitting down, watching the soccer, watching the NBA, having a couple, you know, even three, four, five bucks sitting on a game some in some way or a total or something. It kind of makes it fun, you know. Um, so I had to go get my account set up, sign up on the th- app, and it's like you have to go to a sports book to finish it. I'm like, what the hell? Why do I have to do that? That's stupid. And yeah. I asked Brian, of course, and he says, well, yeah, you got to go to the sports book. And you actually have to, like, fill out some paperwork. I'm like, what? Fuck? Yeah. Um, all right. Fine. Whatever. So uh, I finally muster up the courage to do it because it was a cold day here in the 40s. I knew there would be nobody out, and it was a Monday or something. Monday. It was a Monday. So I, 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 I huff it on over, walk it over to the downtown Grand, a short walk for me, maybe 10, 15-minute walk. And um, I know there's not going to be anyone in there. I know the sports books are right at the edge of the casino, and I can just buzz in with my N95 mask on, sign whatever I got to do. There, Everybody's behind plexiglass anyways, and just get it out of the way. So I, I fill out everything I can on the William Hill app, and, and then it says, like, okay, for this next part, you have to be in the sports book. So just click I'm here when you get in the sports book. So I get to the sports book. I click I'm here. It does some magic. So Bluetooth, some Bluetooth magic happened. <laughs> and it says, okay, we know you're in the downtown grand sports book. So now you can move to the next step of getting your account done, which is you have to take a selfie. <laughs> what? So I had to take so I had to take a selfie in the casino. So I got my mask on and everything, take the selfie. And then it goes like, okay, somebody is going to approve your application within the next five minutes. So there is a man or woman (laughs) on the other side of my phone somewhere, like looking at this shit and being like, aha, yes, that is him. That was his driver's license. That was all. And that's his picture. Click. So I stand there and I'm like, kind of, you know, you're a little anxious. You're in, I'm in the building. I'm like, fuck, I just want to get out of here, you know? Um, 
And then it, it spits back at me and it says, uh, we could not approve your account um, because oh, you're wearing a face covering. And I'm like, well, in the casino, you you essentially have to be wearing a face covering. First of all, all the oh. casinos have rules. I mean, they do temp checks and everything. You have to be wearing a face covering. So um, I'm like, fuck it. I'm not coming back here doing this again. So I just, I, uh, I do it again. I take, I, I like pull my mat. I hold my mask in my thumb, snap the picture, put, push it back on, you know, like half a second without my mask on. And, um, and I had two masks on by the way, but, uh, and, um, they finally, you know, they look at my horrible selfie and they say, okay, you, you did it. You, you managed to, you know, achieve the goals of it. it, it takes like four or five minutes for somebody to like click through and get, get it done for you. And then you still can't deposit money through the app. What? So there's a kiosk there. They, I didn't have to go to a person, but I had to feed this kiosk two, you know, three crisp $20 bills to like add it to my account. And then I turn on my phone and it says I have the $60 in there or whatever. And it's like, okay, cool. So it just, it was, I didn't have to interact with anybody still. I didn't have to like, uh, nobody, I didn't sign any papers. There was no paper signing going on. It's just that I had to like do these seemingly like arbitrary scavenger hunts. Very much so. Very much like a scavenger I mean, hunt. Did honestly, you- like the, the pizza bomber guy. I mean, it was fucking like, <laughs> you have to achieve these tasks or else you will fail the mission. And it's like, oh, you know, I mean, it was very bizarre. And, uh, you know, I left, I was like, okay, whatever, you know, that was stupid. But yeah, I had to take a selfie in the casino. And how would you know I was in the downtown Grand with that? So, I mean, every, every casino looks like the downtown Grand. It's me in front of a fucking Buffalo gold machine, you know, like, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. That, okay, cool. That is the, how the hell do you know it's a downtown Grand? What the fuck? Maybe they um, use the geo tag information from your photograph. Just a thought. Because that would be geotag. But, why, but then why did they need my face covering? I don't know. I guess. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not saying it's logical, but there seems to be a bunch of arbitrary rules in place that it, they haven't sort of updated and they just keep adding on more and more. Let's make it I mean, extremely it, hard. And it's not like William Hill rely on over-the-counter customers. William Hill um, are available in Australia. They might even be available in Chicago, for all I know. They're it, a, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, we have William Hill in Chicago. And I couldn't grandfather my William Hill Chicago account to Nevada. <laughs> That's fucked up. It was a, I had to make a separate shit to do it. Uh, so that drove me nuts. And, you know, I'd love to get an account set up at, like, Station or South Point or something. Yep. Same bullshit. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. I'm, we're just we're just riding with William Hill now. I get whatever shitty odds William Hill's going to give me. Yep. It's just what I get now. And I can bet darts now, great, you know, on William Hill. But I get no soccer props. For, for a company based really? in England, they give me no soccer props. No no first goal scorer, no any of that shit, which sucks. Um, I get the money line, I get the total, and I get the fucking spread. Bullshit. Okay, so. so we've got Tottenham and Liverpool coming up tomorrow or tonight in the Premier League. Um, did you right. want to take a, a bet on the first goal scorer? <laughs> uh, Liverpool, uh, let's see. I would If I had to gander it, I would – boy, it's going to – I would say someone like, like Mane or uh, uh, if he's healthy or uh, – 
TAA, Alexander Arnold, someone like that. It won't be. I don't think it would be Salah though. I wouldn't bet him because the odds will be too short. I'm trying to find all these names. Okay. So who did you say? I don't know. What's Mane? What's Mane's number? Um, he's five dollars, same as as the dude that you said was too short. Uh, oh, Salah so, and him are plus plus five hundred. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd throw a couple bucks on both of them then. Okay, right. I'll put two fifty on each. Yeah, there you go. Now you now you've got your soccer prop bet going on. I'm doing you a favor. I can already. I guess it's because I already saw it in the Champions League final because I can already see Mo Salah banging a penalty home in the seventh minute or something. Um, Great. Uh, <laughs> don't want to think about that. I can sleep before then. Thank God. Uh, good. All right. So, Tony, uh, that's my that's my rant about the bullshit I had to deal with. So I wanted to uh, jump into classic segment that we haven't done in a little while. Uh, this is Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. A classic, as always. Tony, did you see... Uh, what did what did Jay Leno say? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, did you see the rebrand for uh, Fritz Maytag's Anchor Brewing? Well, now it's Sapporo's Anchor Brewing. But no, I didn't realize that gone through a rebrand. We don't get a lot of Anchor beers in Australia. We during the very first uptake of craft beer fifteen years ago, ten years ago, even we. Anchor was one that you could find on the shelves everywhere. But as shelf space has become more precious, um, things like steam beer have just been pushed out of the market with Australian alternatives and um, better American imports. So sure. we don't we don't see um, Anchor steam anywhere. Well, well, Tony, what I would say is if you want to see it, I would go into our, our uh, virtual pub Discord, which, of course, anyone is welcome to come in and join. Just give us a message or email. You want to be a part of the Discord and go to beer, the Beer Chat channel and, and scroll up a hair, and you will see the Anchor Steam. This is the Steam Beer specifically rebrand. Um, this looks like it was designed uh, by the same people that designed like Oregon um, football uniforms for. Is it Oregon State with those similar? Oh no, colors? it's Oregon. No, you're you're thinking the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, yeah. The um, the green. Yeah. So. Uh, they they have different colors for each of the beers. I think the IPA has like a green can um, with white instead of the yellow and blue. But I gotta say, Tony, this beer. The, if you're, I guess, if anyone who can't see it, which you can't, because you're <laughs> listening to this, um, if you need a comp, I would think Land Land Shark Lager is a very close. I don't know. You're looking at Land Shark right now. Yeah. It's right there. I but am. They they're similar. Right, I mean, it's a yellow, a very yellow can with some blue writing and like a blue logo, right? A, a solid blue anchor yeah. logo. Um, I mean, it's fucking. It looks like generic beer. It looks like beer you'd see at Aldi, and that's not just because the colors of Aldi are what is in it. You know what this looks like? It looks like it's been designed on Canva. Or one of those other free graphic design programs. It's it's much sharper than MS Paint from twenty years ago. And yes, the anchor logo needed updating, but there, there's nothing to this that doesn't 
doesn't scream out to me and say this is a distinct brand with a distinct philosophy. This is absolutely what Anchor Beer should be um, designed like now. It is just another generic beer with nothing distinctive about it um, that really holds up other than historical context being the lone survivor of the craft world um, and not being an arsehole like Yingling. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, would I say that this is a big hit to my ability to purchase or my interest in purchasing Anchor? No. Do I like the Christmas ale? Yes, I do. I think it's good. Um, Do I like the uh, IPA? Not really. Do I like steam? I'll drink it in an airport if I see it. Um, and And it's there compared to the other airport beers. But I just don't care. And I think, and so... On one hand, what I'll say is this redesign is stupid and it looks dumb. But like most redesigns, why do I give a shit about complaining about it? When was the last fucking time I bought Anchor? I mean, seriously. <laughs> when was the last time you you think you bought Anchor outside of an airport setting? Would it have been in your college days? Would that have been the last time you had Anchor? No, no, it would have been after that. I would guess at some point when I was in San Francisco five or six or eight or ten years ago, you know, one of those, <laughs> however long ago that was. It was right after you 2 stuck their album on my iPod. Um, no, I, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe I had one with, like, my what was this, fucking sourdough bread bowl of clam chowder or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> San Francisco. Um, no, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I'll, I, I probably couldn't tell you. It was probably at some, like, fucking christmas party or something or it was sitting in the fridge or some shit like that for all i know i like the christmas beer and i, I maybe buy it every couple of years because i just don't bother or i forget but they make a different recipe every year and it's usually pretty good i mean i i think it's a solid tasting beer every year i mean sometimes it's a little like more porter like in some years it's more like fresh hop ipa ish um sort of treads the line in there um or winter winter warmer maybe you know so uh, I hope they don't change that too much because they always have a different Christmas tree on it. It's kind of cute, you know, whatever. Um, not bad, but this this redesign's stupid. So, yeah, I will um, say I thought Landshark was an anchor beer when I was looking at the two. I I thought I was looking at at Steam Beer and I thought Landshark, Landshark was was a lager that Anchor just um, released. Landshark because- is uh, if if you walk into the Flamingo. Next time you go into the Flamingo, they have the Margaritaville Casino there, right? So there's a lot of Landshark stuff and Landshark beers floating around the, the Flamingo. So. Oh, there you go. It's a, the it's last, a, it's an ass, ass-tasting beer. I mean, it's a it's supposed to be like a Corona competitor. It tastes like that. It's dog <laughs> shit. Really, because, really bad. Because every time I went past that uh, Jimmy Buffett um, scam of a joint, um, everybody was just drinking Bud, not even Bud Light. It was heavy on the Bud which is not surprising considering the market for that, that particular bar and that particular sure. portion of, of the strip in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, and I, I live very close to it now, and I, have, I will not get – I actually drove down the strip the other, uh, the other day, Tony, and there wasn't, there wasn't a soul down there, but the most souls were walking around right around the Flamingo, and I was like, this is a part <laughs> of the strip I will not be – addressing at this time well uh, that that was going to be my question not to gamble but to grab takeout or something would you venture down to the strip 
I'm guessing there's probably no need. There are plenty of places in Las Vegas outside of casinos to eat and get deliveries or get patio service. Yeah, I I don't see it happening anytime soon. I can't come up with it. I would say the one place I would try to do it if I could do it relatively safely would be David Chang's Moon Palace, which is his like ode to White Castle. Um, I heard it's fucking Ooh. good, but that sounds. I just awesome. don't know. I don't see. A, I don't see a way I could get. I mean, it's in the. It's in like the Venetian. There's no way you can get it in out of the Venetian in less than like three hours. I mean, it's <laughs> goddamn enormous. And that so is I don't, amazing. I don't like our chances, but yep. yeah, it's a maze too. And there's yeah, so I don't. I don't like my chances for that. So maybe, you know what? It can just wait eight months or whatever it's going to be. So we'll, we'll deal with it. Now, this is a question uh, on notice, as we would say in question time in Australian Parliament. Who has the best beer, light, beer lineup of a casino on the general casino floor? Oh, I think it's, um, boy, I haven't judged them all. I mean, the M. I mean, the M has a great beer lineup. Now, I don't trust that their lines are super clean no, or anything, but the M's, like, beers, I mean, they have, you know, Bearded Iris. They have, um, I mean, they had, not that we like Founders or anything, but they had they had Canadian <laughs> breakfast out, and you could get it in, like, a 24-ounce cup. I mean, it's <laughs> pretty fucked up. Um, so I think, I'd say, and you can get that anywhere on the casino floor, I mean, if you want. The, the waitresses will bring it to you. But yeah. I would say if you're looking at a casino that you can walk to, it's probably the Mandalay Bay. Good call. Um, yep. I think you're right there. And they, they, they have a, they have like a beer buyer, like actually that they, that goes around and does stuff. So I would say that's a pretty good one. And I'd say the worst, I know you didn't ask me, but the worst <laughs> is the, the Flamingo has more beers than they should. And they're all horrible. <laughs> Um, does not surprise why have me. Eight, why have eight beers if they all suck total ass? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what you're doing. They have Fosters on draft. Who fucking wants that? I don't know what. Not Australians. What. I can tell you that much. We're not buying that shit in from Canada. It's like a. It's an eight eight tap line with like Bud, Bud Light, Heineken, Amstel, Fosters. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a murderer's row of bullshit. It's so bad. Oh. Um, Really, really gross, and they're and the worst mixed drinks you'll drink in a million years at, at that place. Uh, the gin comes out of the gun. The tonic comes out of the gun. The gin comes flat, out of the gun. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, really crazy. Bad. I've never heard of it coming really, out of the gun. That really, really is nuts. Really, really nasty. Yeah, Ugh, really gross. All right, one bit of beer news that I don't want to spend a ton of. Okay, I do want to spend time on it because we're spending time on, but it's also like. I don't want to say something stupid. So, uh, Boulevard, we love Boulevard beers. Well, I don't anymore because Boulevard, uh, did manage to get themselves canceled this week. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, Tony, but, uh, I'll just read their statement from yesterday after some, posts had come about from, I I don't know the exact details of what actually came about, which is why I don't want to talk too much about the ensuing, like the buildup to this because I didn't see it. Uh, and I'm not familiar with the, with the parties individually. I think it was a Reddit thing. Um, and, uh, so I'll just read their sort of comments about it, which are half hearted. We'll say it best. 
It says, we are sorry in the last few days we have heard from our employees, our former employees in our community. We've learned a lot about ourselves. We've heard accounts of personal experiences that have shaken us to our core. It's become undeniably clear that harassment did in fact occur, clear that we have issues, serious issues that have fa- we have failed to address. So they have had, um, they had some accusations. I, I know some very specific ones about an executive of their team uh, sexually harassing uh, team members, in, on, whether it's on the brewing floor, on the marketing side, or the business side, and so on and so forth. Um, so they say, to those of you who hurt, those we let down, those we failed to protect, we are deeply sorry. Words won't change anything or fix anything, only action. So starting today, we are taking the first steps. A, based on corroborated information, we parted ways with a company executive, and they're hiring uh, an independent third-party HR firm to undertake an independent investigation of all the issues with full access to all of our people and all of our records. We'll share the results with our teams and take all recommended actions, so on and so forth, um, instituting ma- enhanced mandatory harassment yeah, so discrimination that, training, shit that every company has to do. Yeah, so a lot and, of corporate um, speak. But this yeah. really is, is quite sad because it really has nothing to do with the beer and the majority of staff at the brewery or even even a culture within that company. It speaks to the corporate um, policies and culture within that company, but it's it's just really shows off what happens in in any corporate structure anywhere in the world. This happens in Australia. This happens in America. Yeah. And of course. people need to be called out and there need to be business consequences for it. And that was a lot of corporate speak. I hope there are real changes made, um, not for we as consumers, but for the people that are actually working there that have suffered this. And because yep. it's quite serious and there's such a power imbalance that um, it needs to be fixed and shouldn't have allowed to have taken place. And it certainly tarred everybody that worked at that organisation over the actions of a corporate team. And I don't mean just the person that was involved in this, but the, the because he wouldn't have done this without somebody else knowing about it within that corporate structure. And those that are not able, that person, it may not have been a he, um, to, to sort of abuse his power imbalance, not speaking, speaking yeah. specifically about the allegations, um, is also so, guilty. So I did find some of the allegations, which are, well, and, and likely the actual occurrences, we'll say. I don't even like using allegations because this shit definitely happened. But we'll just say allegedly but, um, for legal purposes. Yeah, I'm sure they'll come after us, Tony. Uh uh, as I've said, if you if you want to come out to us, come on the show. Let's do it. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I do want to read those because I don't want to just read the corporate response. I think that's shitty. So yep. um, I left Boulevard Brewing Company in March 2020 because of harassment I received while I was pregnant. My boss stood me and another female employee up in the lab in front of another coworker and demanded to know if we were pregnant. When we refused to answer, he told the other woman, the only way you could be pregnant is by your cat, then continued to ask me. I reported this to HR, but it started a cycle of reporting his behavior to HR and then being punished by him for going to HR. There's, I mean, that's an issue that does happen in other companies, but I'll, I would say that not in companies of, in companies of this size, I think they tend to have, I mean, this is a problem for breweries, right? They, they are not willing to grow up you know, figuratively and literally, I guess, you know, um, this wasn't a one-time incident. My boss's bad behavior was a well-known joke in the brewery. Former employees warned me about him. 
Um, when coworkers found out I was pregnant, their response was, oh, he didn't take that well. The brewmaster described him as a monkey. In spite of this, I was asked to come up with solutions to fix his bad behavior. That's not good. Uh, a different man was allowed to sexually harass multiple women for years. He was chastised, but when he harassed these women again, following them to their cars, trying to give them notes or gifts, sending them multiple emails, nothing was done. One of his victims quit because after continued harassment, HR told her they had done everything they, they could. Eventually, he was allowed to retire early. The company threw him a party. He was not stopped from harassing his victims at future events held at the brewery. Pieces of shit, uh, this corporate boy. team. Um, yeah, boy, I could take a guess at who that is, and I'm not going to do it. Um, no. Uh, I know female brewer candidates with years of experience that were turned down specifically because they were female. The hiring manager told me he wouldn't hire women because they are lazy. Um, so maybe this is a cultural problem, we might say, yeah. huh? Um, if you've been on board on this board long, you know I haven't spoken in detail publicly about what happened to me because I cared about my coworkers. I did not want to publicly call the company out. There are terrific people that still work here that I care about a lot. I can't stay quiet anymore. Uh, it's uh, it's not good. It doesn't change the fact that Boulevard has a sexist work environment that takes advantage of its employees. So, not good. Nope. I, I would say that that's exactly indicative of having a culturally. Yeah. I didn't a, a know the allegations, problem. but this looks yeah. systemic through the whole management team. And yeah, they deserve to be cancelled. They're not cancelled over one incident from one in, um, no. one part of the executive team or one part of the employer branch. Um, this is a systemic problem, kind of like what we saw at. Condé Nast, where only one magazine head really got raked over the coals. Um, terrible company if you look back well, at their history too. But, yeah, this is a bad corporate structure and they don't deserve to have beer sales after this behaviour as much as I would like to support those those good people that are working at the company because I'm sure they outnumber the bad. But if management are allowing this to fester, well, they deserve for their, their bonuses and whatever to be hurt. And we'll just see. I, I'll be curious to see what, what – I mean, they're owned by Duval Morcott, so I, I would be curious to see if, if Duval Morcott has any has anything to say. We haven't heard anything from them specifically. Um, I know that they let the breweries run pretty independently, but it might be time to step in if you're Duval would be my, yep. would be my thought. Um, it's a shame. I mean, I, I think, you know, you would think that a brewery with, with that kind of – kind of corporate oversight um, from a, a large brewery. I mean, Duval, a family-owned brewery, but a big brewery um, <laughs> that owns three here, in, at least three here in the States, three huge breweries, right? I mean, Firestone Walker, as big as it comes, yep. uh, Amagang and, and Boulevard, um, not to mention the Duval operation in Belgium, which is bigger than all three put together, more than likely. Um it's uh, that's that's pretty depressing, right? I mean, yeah, very wonder, depressing. Uh, but it does look like you it wonder was... if there's maybe maybe you have to maybe maybe it's on them. It's not on them alone, obviously, but they they need to they need to apply more oversight to help these companies. Like like, I, wish, I don't know how to say that right, but these are grow these are these are growing pains for these companies that. Um, they weren't willing to address, I guess. Yeah. Right. You have to, you, you have to say like, 
okay, it's time to either, um, th this stuff isn't acceptable at a small company. First of all, I don't want to act like that's the case, but it can often go undetected. I guess. Yes. Um, but I think at this point you have to, you have to sort of, you have to, you have to start cleaning house. Right? I mean, you gotta, you gotta, yep. you have to, you have to get rid of these problems. Uh, and they chose not to, and they built a culture that just festered the problems yeah. more and more. So. If um, Duval is is looking to reap the benefits from the profit of these breweries, they need to take responsibility. Whether mm -hmm. they want to be hands off or not, they need to have enough oversight in place that, so abuses don't take place. And clearly, abuse, at least on a power level, and certainly looks like on a sexual harassment um, yep. base level, has taken place here. So... Duval need to step in, take responsibility for it, and make sure this doesn't happen at other breweries, whether it be Firestone Walker, um, Armageddon, or anything else that they, they buy exactly. going forward. They need to have the practices in place where they, they have maybe an independent HR that isn't related to the individual company that comes back to head office. Um, they, they need to put processes in place so while they can reap the benefits of the profits, they don't the worker in jeopardy. That's just my I mean, view the, as a lefty that um, you need to look after your worker. The, uh, this is the uh, fucking Malibu Stacy office shit right here. <laughs> hey, back that gorgeous butt in here, babe. You know, that shit, like, you know, give me a break. Get out of here with that. Um, so that sucks. Uh, Tank seven, you know, it's, it's on the, it's on the shelf <laughs> for the, at least for the foreseeable future. The last thing I wanted to bring up is a little more lighthearted and just lighten your hand, honestly, because I was scrolling through Instagram today, um, passed by one of my favorite breweries, Speciation Artist Nails in Grand Rapids area. And they're doing crawlers now, which I thought was cool. Not something a brewery like that would often do. They tend to do very like Saison, sour, farmhouse type beers, right? So <laughs> they're doing crawlers. They generally come in what twenty four ounces and above twenty four thirty two. It's a thirty two ounce. Some places have started to do sixty four places. So started to do a sixteen ounce, and they're sixty four ounce crawlers. They are they're huge, um, but generally they're thirty two. They either look like they're sort of like penises, Tony. They're either sort of long and skinny, or they're sort of short, squat and short and fat. Um. So that's sort of what you get from a crawler. So a, a crawler. Or they come in a little teeny tiny micro size, which is what speciation will be doing. But sorry, oh. Tony. So you've got like a, a well-hung crawler or you've got a chode or you've got a micro penis yeah. of a can. Yeah, that's the, and there it is. Yes, you said it better than me. <laughs> I think that describes it better than I did. Yeah, so you've got a, you know, a nice normal looking one you got sort of a squat napoleon ass looking <laughs> shit and then you've got this little pinky sized uh little baby guy um this is the speciation eight ounce crawlers <laughs> now i i have one question i don't have anyone i don't know anyone who's doing this and i can't but i gotta art so when you make when you fill a 32 ounce crawler you're probably expecting to have i would say three or four or five ounces of waste um, and maybe that's a fine ratio. How good do we feel about filling an eight ounce crawler with probably a similar amount of waste? I would guess, right? I mean, you still have to fill up the head space, you know, with the, with the can. Um, yeah. Filling up an eight ounce crawler and having three or four ounces of waste seems 
It's kind of crazy, but yeah, maybe it's not that much. Maybe I'm miss. Maybe I'm misestimating that. Maybe it's only one ounce. I don't know. But uh, I mean, especially with farmhouse ale, that foams to fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, I I would be surprised if this doesn't result in a pretty uh, significant amount of waste. But why that not, is very funny. They're very tiny. Why not at the time of kegging hand can these things rather than do do crowler fills off them? Just just set a portion aside, set set twenty percent aside to be put into cans, even if they're only sold from from the tap room. Yeah, it's I'll be to be fair us. though this yeah and this but this starts to get into the thing of um, it's not the same argument, but it's it's the thing where it's like with the electric cars is because they're on my mind. It's like, well, I guess I could fill, you know, if I want to drive longer, I could fill up a generator with gas and charge my car with the generator, you know. Filling up the crawler at the time means you don't have to estimate the demand for the crawlers. You know what I mean? So if you fill the crawlers in advance, you might as well fucking fill the bottles that you probably have stock of um, with the beer, you know. Uh, It's just like it's robbing Peter to pay Paul or or vice versa or whatever, you know. but I would love to, to have an eight-ounce crawler. It's just fucking funny to see it in action. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't, I don't see know. the um, the sort of upside of, of, of doing them. Like, it's like it's no, such I, a small serving either. size. <laughs> and it's Unless just they like, charge $10 for it. I mean, then maybe. But. Oh, it's, it's great for them. And and they, <laughs> they, they, they're not having to worry about packaging issues. So if you, you can stuff ahead of time. And there's an issue. Well, that's on you. Fuck, yeah. But yeah, it's no big hard pass on this for me. No eight ounces. The eight ounce crawler. You don't want yeah. the. Give me a chode any day of the week. I'd, I'd take yeah, a chode one, over a micro penis of a can. One of those junkyard chode cans. Those things are fucking funny, dude. They come in your Tavor box. They're very good. So you've um, had some some chode in your Tavor box. I've, I've, I have, yeah. It doesn't quite fit in the fucking shipper because uh, the shippers are bottle shippers. So 16-ounce cans fit fine in there. Yep. 12-ounce cans fit fine in there. A 32-ounce crawler would fit probably okay in there. These fucking things, they have to, like, take out four of the um, <laughs> bottle shipper things and, like, sm- smunch it in there so that it'll fit <laughs> next to the other stuff. <laughs> and it's full of Rocky Road Stout, of course, which you got to love. Um, I'm gonna have, we'll have Kelly talk about the Rocky Road Stout because she she and Pastrybot got involved and added a special ingredient um, to the Rocky Road Stout, which we should both to talk about. I hope um, she put some fireball gonna, rum in that. Oh, you're not going to guess what it was. Uh, it, it did result in it getting thrown away, though. So. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Tony, let's play a game. We love playing a game. Let's play a game. Tony, it's uh, been a few weeks. I thought we might bust out a game of Untrapped after all the hard work I did last week on Two Brews. Just wasn't feeling like cooking up that much text today. So I thought I would uh, go to my friends over at Untapped. Let them do the goddamn work for once, you know? Uh, 
I'm falling asleep over here trying to trying to hobble all this freaking yep. funny crap together. Let them do some of it for me. Now, thank thank God the beer world is more than willing to oblige at pumping out funny garbage. So that's helpful for me. Now, uh, everybody Tony, remembers yes. how to play this. Of course, I've got to get within a couple of percentage points of the school on Untrapped of three yeah. of a few beers that Griff comes up with. How many beers are we playing with today, Griff? And what is my pass score to get myself out of my so, uh, um, my well? Yeah, so Tony's down in the well. We kicked him down there. We know how the well looks. It's sort of a nice, um, got like an Austin Powers vibe to the living room. It's full of pornos, as we know. There's a hot tub. Hot tub, uh, lotions, Kleenex, the whole works. Um, so, Tony, today I'm actually going to make you get these a little closer. <laughs> I, Jesus. I'm, yeah, I know. I, I need you to get within a tenth of these. Oh. Um, and I usually don't set a rule. I usually just do it by feel. And I'm going to go that way now. It's not, it doesn't have to be, I'm not going to be too exact, but Tony, these, these are not going to be that hard. Um, okay. I just want you to know that. Um, Tony, the theme today, so dry January is ending for a lot of people. It's not ending for me because it never existed. Um, as you can see, I'm currently drinking beer. So he never, never even started. So, uh, but today's uh, Untrapped is themed after the month that uh, you're now in, if you're listening to this show, which of course is called Wet February, and <laughs> a whole you? bunch of like a whole, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of like women heard that and cringed. I'm like, did he say Wet February? It's so <laughs> nasty, freak. That's um, better. Than, that's yes. better than Moist May. Most of me. Well, now we got another game to play. Um, so wet February is upon us. Um, and in honor of that, and uh, a way that I know a lot of people celebrate uh, ending their dry January is with a very high alcohol beer. And I have chosen three very high alcohol beers for today's game. And I did set a rule, Tony. I didn't want to do because I feel like it's cheating. It's not cheating, but it's cheating in a way. I didn't want to do any freeze distilled beers in this game. Uh, I've so got, yeah. these are only, these are only beers that are high alcohol through sort of the, I guess, normal way of brewing. Yep. I mean, none of these are made normal in the normal <laughs> way, but they're made in a more, more recognizable way to say the home brewer who, yep. you know, they, cooked some malt, they put some yeast in, the yeast fermented, and it came out with this shit, you know? Yep. Um, so there's three very high alcohol beers. Um, so no Sink the Bismarck you, in this, which was... Um, there's no Sink the Bismarck, there's no... Um, and I I checked, man, because I really wanted to put the Black Damnation 6 in here, um, but I was skeptical because I saw it was 30%, and I'm like, there's no way a 30% beer could not be freeze distilled. And I was right. Uh, <laughs> It's not. It had to be freeze distilled, and it was freeze distilled. But it sounded awesome. It's a thirty-six percent stout, and people are saying it tastes fucking good and it's smooth. I'm like, you're kidding me. Um, I hope it I comes in it. more than one and a half ounces. Um, no, it comes in a fucking bomber, dude. Uh, like Malibu <laughs> yeah. strength. Uh, so we got three. Um, none of these are freeze distilled, to my knowledge, unless unless they're playing me here, but I don't think so. So. Um, 
Tony, are you ready? Do those does that does that sort of uh, do you get the theme? Are you clear on the theme? Of I am. Games? I am clear on the theme. Um, All right. High alcohol, no second distillation. High alcohol, no second distillation, and you're going to know these beers. So um, that's why I say I think I think you're going to have some success. And I'm, I got I got to judge you a little tighter. Today. See, okay. even though I know the beers, doesn't necessarily know where they fall. In the untapped universe, yeah, I'll still I'll kind of make calls as I go here, but I but I think you got to get it pretty close for for this. Um, All right, this first one, this is a beer I really really want, Tony. Just to give you a heads up, I want this really bad. So I don't know if you know this. I think you know this, but uh, Dogfish Head was purchased by the Boston Beer Company. Yes, I I do Um, know that. You know, however however long ago that was. And those two guys have come together for this, and I want it really bad. This is, Tony, Utopia's Barrel-Aged Worldwide Stout. Uh, 2020 edition, Utopia's Barrel-Aged Worldwide Stout. Do you know what Utopia's is, Tony? Um, Is this their, like, limited edition thing that they they shipped around the world at one point or yeah it was like in the gold it's like in a brass bottle and it's like 35 percent and it's it is freeze distilled i i believe um and uh it's almost like a like a cognac essentially and um it's really good and it's really 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 expensive but dogfish head took their worldwide stout which i'm not sure if you've had but a classic worldwide stout. Um, and they aged that in the barrels that Utopia's sat in. And here's the description. So the experience of drinking Utopia's is often described as ritualistic, rare, and often rumored about in the darkest corners of the beer community. This variety of worldwide stout is dark, rich, roasty, and complex. This is 17.3%. And there are nine. 1,946 check-ins, 1,585 ratings, Worldwide Stout, the Dogfish Head Classic, aged in Sam Adams' Utopia's barrels. Okay. So we're talking a fairly respected beer here. This, I'm, I'm guessing all of these are going to score in the fours. Um, so it's just a matter of where it falls in the fours. And that's... And that's- yeah, you're 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 in yeah. You're thinking you're thinking right here, Tony. These Yeah. That's why I gotta dial I gotta I gotta dial you in a little bit here. But I also know the sort of amusement or bemusement of these two guys now within within the <laughs> beer nerd community. They are yeah. relics of a simpler time where if you could be Jim, excitable Jim Cody, on, you, Jim Cook eating yeast to keep himself from getting hung over or whatever. Yep. Shit like that. If you could be yeah. exciting on camera or on social media, you were going to sell beer. And that's what these two guys are a throwback to. But Dogfish, no, Dogfish Head and even Sam Adams to a lesser extent have been known to put out beers that, that punch above their credibility weight. So I'm going to take that all into account. I'm going to say this comes in at a respectable for a 17 17- Point three percent beer at four point six three. Tony, I'm gonna give it to you, but you're right on the cusp of what I'm willing to give Ooh. to you. This is a four point five one 
so you, I can't believe you overshot it. I thought you were about to say 4.21 or something. <laughs> uh, this is 4.51. Uh, so that's, we're, it's 0.12. We're going to say that's like, that's about as far as I'm going to let you go. Yep. Tony, I want this beer so bad. See, I want this beer so bad. That's I the fucking thing. want this beer really really bad that's the thing that pushed me higher is i know you don't suffer bad beers you love a gimmick but you won't drink a gimmick just for the sake of drinking a gimmick um Dude, so, you know this is good yes oh, you know this is good yep because worldwide stout is good and utopias is good it is so weird but it is good <laughs> um i mean getting that all the caramel cognac ish taste from utopias into worldwide stout oh Oh, it's going to be good. Uh, I don't know how on earth I'll ever fucking find this beer, but I absolutely do want it. So yeah, Tony, I'm going to, I'm going to throw that. I'm going to throw you a bone. That's on the edge of what I'm going to, I'm willing to take from you. But uh, I think you, I think you got the spirit of it. So yeah, 4.51 for a dogfish head, Sam Adams collab. I mean, who could, who would have thought, right? (laughs) Um, We'll take it though. So that's a shout out for that. Um, And if anyone knows where I can get that beer, Please, God, post in the Discord or email us. Show at gmail.com. All right, Tony. Here's another one. Um, I, I can't remember. I don't think I've had this beer, but I've but I've had some some beers very in the family of this beer. This is the 2020 edition of the brewery. Are you familiar with the brewery by we the act- brew family? The brewery. I actually get some of their stuff at my local sure. um, IGA bottle shop. We can get some of their beers in. Well, maybe you'll get this one. This one is the Black Tuesday Reserve um, from the brewery. This is, uh, well, here's the description. With brewery culture comes tradition, and Black Tuesday Reserve is back for another delectably rare release. Brewed in 2018, this iteration of our Iconic Imperial Stout was aged in two separate sets of hand-chosen bourbon barrels for two consecutive years, emerging a uniquely developed and sophisticatedly bold stout worthy of the classification reserve. This beer, Tony, is 21% alcohol. So uh, they've got has, their alcohol percentage up by losing a lot to Angel Share, uh, the evaporation that would have gone so. on. Yeast, yeast. If, if you work really hard, you can get it to like 19 or 20, maybe, you know? Um, so they, they must've, I would guess they, they itched a percentage from, from, uh, uh, whatever that's called, uh, evaporation. Um, so 21%, I've had black Tuesday original type. I haven't checked in Black Tuesday Reserve, but I would guess that by the time I drank my Black Tuesday Reserve, I wouldn't remember to check it in. Twenty-one <laughs> percent, doy, you know. Um, it's uh, five hundred and thirty-three check-ins for the twenty twenty version, four hundred and forty-six ratings. So this is non-adjunct, double barrel stout. What do you got, Tony? Uh, this is what the brewery is known for, at least it's what I know them for. Not necessarily this particular beer. I do know of this particular beer, but I know that this is their wheelhouse. This is what they are. This is their bread and butter. This is this is their flagship style of beer. So I'm, I'm going to say they do it well most of the time. It, 
they would have done a press release if there was an issue with the um, with the beer <laughs> at, and because they have and in I would the have past, read it on the show probably yeah because they they did early days when they were having trouble with their packaging so. I mean, well, of course, and, they, and they're, of course, making a ton of, like, wild fermented beer, like, mere feet from this. So. Yeah, but I'm going to say this score's super high. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there screams no alarm bells for me. I, I know they're all going to score in the fours, but this, to me, sounds like a, a must-get-hold-of-and-try beer if you're able to. This, mm-hmm. I think, um, will have... Great um, credibility within the beer nerdum, nerddom community. So I'm going to score it very high. I'm going to go low sevens at 4.71. Oh, Tony. Oh, I don't think I can do it. No, I don't think so. I don't think I can give you that one. Uh, Tony, this is a 4.58. Wow. Oh, I'm um, shocked. So, Tony, the one thing I would point I, – I don't want to give you any tips here, but the one <laughs> thing I would point out is that the highest rated beer, I think, is like a 4.78 or something. Okay. Um, and that's like Beer Barrel Time 2018 or something. <laughs> um, so this is 4.58, which is fucking good. Yeah. Uh, and you know how people are. They'll fucking give this a 4.5 just because they're yeah. feeling – Most delicious beer I've ever had in the world. 4.5. Best, best shit best shit I ever drank, 3.75. Um, no, this shit sounds great. I would love I would love to get my hands on this too, although if I had to choose, I think I would take the Utopia's Barrel beer. Really? Because, oh, I think I'm just more curious. I don't, I, Tony, I, I don't want to pretend like I'm a fucking beer genius, but I bet I could tell you how this beer tastes. You know, I think yeah. I know what I'm getting. I think, I just feel like I know what I'm getting out of this. True. That's one where I just don't know what I'm getting out of it, and I'm very <laughs> excited to have it. Yeah. Um, this this I could tell you. I mean, it's double barrel stout. It's twenty percent. I'm probably gonna feel like total ass afterwards. I mean, I'll, hey, you, if I if this is at a bottle share, I'm eyeing it up. But um, if I had to choose, I would I would totally get the Utopia's barrel one. But sounds great. I've had regular Black Tuesday. It'll fuck your shit up real bad, and it's very tasty. Hell, worldwide style will fuck your shit up bad too. <laughs> probably. Um. So Tony, you're, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna say you're one for two. You got one left in front of you. This is a beer I drank, Tony. This beer is called Fundamental Theorem. It is from Bottle Logic Brewing. Are you familiar with Bottle Logic? Tony? Absolutely. They're local Chicago, are they? Bottle Logic. No, they're from uh, Anaheim area. Actually. Oh, there you go. But, uh, but um, they, uh, very well known. Yep, they're they're well known for big stout beers. Um, and this is fundamental theorem. So here's here's your these are important numbers, Tony. This beer has four thousand forty-four check-ins and three thousand two hundred and twenty ratings. So this is, is more widely available than most. Right. And this is twenty point five nine percent. Rick, honestly, I, you know, part of the thing with the brewery and, and Dogfish have being able to pump out high alcohol stouts is just like it feels like they have the sort of the know-how to do it. Yep. This is, um, I mean, these guys know a lot about stout, and, and I've had this beer. Uh, 
I'll, I'll say that. And these guys know a lot about making good stout. But you wouldn't expect these guys to make a 20% stout just yeah. blasting right out of the gate. You know, I mean, this is only a, probably a five or, if a five-year-old brewery at the most, I would say. Oh, this is for their fifth anniversary, so there you go. There you go. Um, so here you go. We're thrilled to share the extraordinary details of our first uh, level three hashtag stasis <laughs> project release, hashtag fundamental theorem. Lucky. I'm not going to read this whole fucking no. thing. It takes forever. Uh, but here... Um, so in our perpetual search for knowledge and near fanatical drive to explore and experiment for our fifth anniversary, we sought to create a colossal bourbon soaked rendition of fundamental observation, the lightning rod bourbon barrel aged Imperial vanilla stout, which has defined our first five years. So fundamental observation, or as beer nerds just call it, Hey, I got an FO the other day. Um, where Fundamental Forces was a study in altering the base recipe with mountains of additional fermentable sugars to achieve an imposing ABV. Fundamental Theorem remains faithful to the FO recipe and instead becomes a testament of time, spirit, and of the barrels themselves. So Fundamental Theorem began as a small reservation of the best-tasting barrels from the third batch of Fundamental Observation. Over the past two years, this same initial liquid has been guided through our four successive Sets of bourbon barrels soaked, soaking in the bold bourbon spirit and putting, and, and there's like 500 fucking, I didn't even copy yeah. the rest of the description. It goes on. No, and it goes fine. on like this. Uh, yeah. So it's high alcohol, it's vanilla, it's bourbon. Fundamental theorem 20.59%. Tony, what do you think? I I could beat around the bush, but I think this is, this is, um, in that rarefied air, but I, I now realise that my rarefied air was was too high. I'm going to, I'm going to take the easy way out and go with. I think this is a great beer, and I think this is an outstanding score that it's going to come in at, and I think it's going to be four point five five. Oh no, Tony, you're too high. Oh, uh, it's four point four, Tony. Oh, not even close. So- that is yeah. terrible. So this beer is delicious. Um, and I don't actually know why it has such a low rating. Maybe there was an issue with it. Yeah. Or maybe it's technically four point three nine seven. I did not have any issue with the spirit, just to be clear. <laughs> um, here's some here's some recent reviews. Here's a four point dude, here is a four point five review. I mean you may break. Boozy. It's like Black Tuesday had sex with F.O., but 22 of BT's 23 genes are dominant. I think it's getting better with time compared to reviews I've read. Yummy. 4.5. Brownie batter laced with vanilla, a ton of barrel. So here's what people were saying. I, I remember this when I drank. People were like, it's hot. It's hot. And here's the problem you're running to, Tony, with this. Bottle Logic is brewing for the pastry boys. The pastry boys get the beer that tastes like bourbon, you know, yep. they start running into each other. They're button heads. All right. Yep. They're like, do I want it to taste like bourbon? I want it to taste like fucking uh, Twinkie. I can't decide, you know? Um, so pe- people have a hard time dealing with the alcohol and the bourbon. And they are shocked when a 20% bourbon barrel aged beer has a burn. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what do you say to that? You know? Um, so I think 
I don't think your rating is is off base. I think I rated it a five or four point seven five or something. I think um, I think this is a case of uh, with un- Untapped, you have to remember. I have to predict the audience. Um, yep. And the audience for world, the audience for Utopia's Barrel Worldwide Stout are probably people who know what Utopia's and Worldwide Stout is. The audience for Black Tuesday are people who know what Black Tuesday is going to be. The audience for Fundamental Theorem, unfortunately, was people who thought they were getting fundamental observation and instead got bourbon barrel <laughs> um, And uh, they ran that, into they ran into a wall there. That was a genius last one on on your part. Well played, sir. Well played. There was no part so, of me that thought. Um, that it was going to run into trouble where it was, its audience was deceived. I thought everybody tasting this beer would would know with the bourbon barrel aging process that it would come out hot. You you want a little bit of burn, but yeah, they they yeah. want it hidden behind sugar. Gotcha. So, so Tony, um, it looks like it's another. I would say it looks like another week of looking at porno for you, but. That sounds like a win week. for so me. Now it's just now it's just a week of looking at porno while you're in a different room in a well, I guess. So, uh, in a well with my, the, with my pipe and my bathrobe, going to be glorious. <laughs> yeah, the activities don't change, but maybe just the location, then, I suppose. Um, well, t- okay. There's some rustling going on outside, so I believe it's time for me to go. <laughs> uh, t- Tony, do you have any? Uh, uh, Anything before I give the listeners all the news and the and the locations they can find us? Um, I, I just would like to say that if you're looking to buy a cookbook, you can do worse than um, than not picking up Maddie Matheson's cookbook. It's a must add if you enjoy a cookbook. Yeah. Uh, the dude is an acid trip on YouTube. He is the best YouTube channel out there right now. We love we love Maddie. Yeah, but his homestyle cookery cookbook is phenomenal i've had three or four items out of it the, the focaccia is really good the uh, raw zucchini salad is phenomenal his tabbouleh is the best tabbouleh i've had and i've had a lot of tabbouleh so i'm i'm dying to make the oligo potatoes i don't i uh I, I gotta i gotta get on that i don't know if i can handle them on my shit stove in this place but um i really want to make those potatoes they look amazing um, yeah, we love Maddie. Him and him and Badlands Chugs are my favorite YouTube channels, and I have to look every couple of days to make sure they're both still alive. Because the fact that both of them are sticking around <laughs> and continuing to produce content without a major medical issue occurring is really a miracle at this point. Um, all right, Tony. Well, uh, gang, why don't you go check us out uh, on Instagram, for example? That's one place you could check us out. You could go on there. You could type in Beer Engine Pod. We'll be there. Click follow or whatever you click on an Instagram. Maybe like one of our fucking pictures or whatever. Um, you could do that. Uh, where else could you check us out? You could do it on on, uh, on Discord. You we can. want you to come hang out with us in Discord. In our virtual um, pub that this- operates at all hours of the day. Sometimes I'm having yeah, a beer the- in the evening, which is 4 a.m. for Griff. Sometimes Griff and his buddies are talking some some English Premier League. It, it's there yeah. for all people. The virtual pub is always there where there's always the chat is going on. But uh, if, you know, sometimes we get on there and, and show our stupid, ugly little faces and look around and kind of see what, what's going on in the cage here, you know. Um, what else, Tony? You can uh, you can check us out on Twitter if you want. 
I don't have anything interesting for you there, but do it. It's Beer Engine Pod on Twitter. Hey. Email us. Send us an email, and you can find out some. Uh, you know, you can get your email read on here most of the time, unless you're writing me from Verizon Wireless, in which case I, I have to stop reading your emails. But uh, we're a Beer Engine Show at gmail.com. Tell me, give me corrections on the show. Tell me what I misstated. Uh, threaten to threaten legal action, which we've had a few people do. Um, you know, get on there and do that. Uh, Tony, what else? Um, did you talk about Untapped? I believe that's the only other place. Oh you- yeah, Untapped. That is a place where we're at. I'm Griff Ad. I'm Saint Mars. Yes, you are Griff AD. Yeah, Griff AD, and uh, he's St. Maz, and you can see what beers we're drinking. We are doing beers. Um, I was actually thinking, Tony, I was going to uh, – I saw a beer, I think that Millhouse beer that yep. you checked in a while back. And um, I, what was the name of the brewery that made that beer? Sure. C-H-U-R. Oh, shit, okay. Well, because I saw a brewery called Behemoth when I was do, working on an untapped game. Yeah. And, I- uh, they had very similar art. I think the, that um, they're one and the same. Yeah. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah, they're in New Zealand, it yes. said. So I was like, I wonder if that's the same. But yeah, yeah they it was are... funny because I saw they had very similar art. Yeah. Because I was, I was like, maybe I'll do a stupid, maybe I'll do a stupid ass game. It's like Joe Biden shit. And they had two <laughs> different Joe Biden games from the or, uh, Joe Biden beers from the New Zealand brewery. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Um, so I just ditched that. <laughs> Yeah, the but, New Zealand guys got 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 the Biden beers. Yeah, the New Zealand craft beer is really underrated. They have some great breweries, Eight Wide, Panhead. Yeah, yeah, a we lot of it. Where we get here, yeah, yeah, um, really, really good stuff. Um, in some regards, ahead of Australia. In other regards, um, way behind. It's it's really fascinating to see, um, basically another state of Australia. Um, that mm. it has its own development. That that that's not true. New Zealand is its own separate country, and there's plenty of people <laughs> that have never been to New Zealand that are from Australia, and vice versa. They have their own culture. But if you pick on New Zealand, we're coming after you. But Jesus, we can hang shit yeah. on New Zealand. Yeah you, yeah, you guys get to do it. But if you, but if I do it, you're all over us. I, I actually watched the What We Do in the Shadows movie, and I think I finally dialed in all the differences between the New Zealand and Australian accent. They are not really alike at all when you actually listen to them. So. No, but um, yeah, I, I do understand how they can be confused, just us and yeah, to say course. fish and chips and you'll be right. Yeah, I actually thought um, fish and chops. now that I think about it, the, the, the South African one feels more like the Australian one to me than the New Zealand one. See, there are parts of America that have an Australian accent, but we could allow this podcast to continue on for hours. I I think since we've done the wrap-up spiel, I think it's actually time to wrap it up and you can attend to the uh, rustling that was going on outside your bedroom window that was clearly a a stalker that's coming for you and uh, fingers crossed you you don't get raped. Yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed. If you want to find out, email us or Instagram us or tweet us or whatever. All right, see ya.